0: Chapter three, to Bosch, in flight, late spring, 2349. Teddy stood up and stretched his legs in the vessel. The girl was now sitting with her back against the inner hull, watching the goings on of the flight with an expression of curiosity in her eyes as they darted from one person and section of the vessel to another. She sat there with her knees tucked close to her chest. She didn't look like she was much more than an adolescent. Probably isn't. Her hair was a mess, tangled with blood and dirt, and there was that long cut on her neck. But she had her shoulders and head as if she was in charge, those light eyes catching something. He did some stretching, turning his torso side to side as he watched her watching him and the rest of the unit. She probably thinks she's headed to a country of old folks, Teddy chuckled to himself. As the master commander, he didn't fly many missions any longer, but every now and again his old unit would reunite and fly a glitter drop or run an extraction. If his compatriots honestly confessed their ages and did the math, the mean age of this vessel's crew was about 50, a good 20-plus years older than the average age of the units under his command. But it was important to get out and experience the working end of his mandates and projects. It helped him keep his head in the game, he reasoned, but knew he did it for the adrenaline rush. He also loved to fly, and he loved Bosch vessels like this one. Unlike the airships of other countries, Bosch vessels could take off and land both on land and in the water, an innovation that developed as the Bosch pirates moved from marauding to the business of glitter trading. He looked about him at the efficient, sleek cockpit. The familiar helm was in the center front with his pilot's seat and the seat for his navigator. Off to either side, his gunners each had a seat next to their weaponry instrumentation. The flight engineer seat was directly opposite the helm slightly toward the back of the vessel with its own instrumentation panel. This seat was unoccupied, and Teddy sobered as he thought about his F.E., George Cayley, who had died late last summer. The unit had agreed to let his seat sit empty on these larks. The far back of the vessel was for product, though there were smuggling compartments throughout the hull. There was also a small seat folded onto the inner hull for times when a passenger was on board. Teddy unlatched this and opened it, Then he turned his attention back to the stowaway. The girl had eaten the fruit and crackers the unit members had scrabbled together. Eliza had used her warm, gentle voice and coaxed her out from under the helm, giving her an oversized blue summer tunic to wear over her skimpy, filthy outfit, and showed her the space to sit where she could see everyone, and no one could approach her without being seen by all. Teddy walked over to where this Cat Wallace sat, and lowered himself to the floor to sit in front of her. Her face didn't hold the panic it had initially. She simply looked at him with an eyebrow raised. We are in the Bosch airspace now. You'll need to strap in for landing. He pointed to the small jump seat. She shook her head. I'm fine here. Teddy shrugged. I don't think you'd put yourself through all that you did to get here to end it by being bounced on the ceiling by a rough landing. I thought you were a good pilot, came the response. A grin curled Teddy's mouth. Aye, that I am. But remember that a pilot cannot control the wind, only read it. Takeoffs and landings are exhilarating, but can hold danger. It's best to be prepared for any eventuality, and safety straps are one way to prepare. Kat tilted her head to one side to consider this, and then nodded in assent, and stood in one fluid motion to move to the seat Teddy had indicated. Teddy stood up as well making an involuntary oomph as he rose. Then he moved to the helm. She's got a strong spirit and a quick mind. She'll be able to put those to good use as a trooper. He surprised himself that he was already planning for her to stay in Bosch. She is Bosch. I can feel it in her. Her eyes tell the story. Closing in on the battalion airfield, Teddy. Matteo Robertson, Teddy's navigator, alerted him. Mateo was close to 60, and his face was a deep ebony color. He was no longer the trim figure he had been in his prime, but he was still the best navigator Teddy knew. Nice and smooth for the girly, Teddy thought. Let's show her what a good pilot can do. Teddy curved the vessel gently around and set it down on the runway delicately so as not to produce a single bounce. Mateo grinned over at Teddy. Fucking show off. Teddy grinned as well. When you've got it, you don't lose it. Eliza stood up and straightened her vest. A gunner and the kid of the group at 45. She was tall, with hair that used to be dark brown, but now had an unnatural red tone to it. Keeps the gray covered, that's what matters. Raina, the second gunner, also stood as the vessel came to a halt. She was full-breasted and full-hipped. Teddy couldn't quite remember, but he thought she had six children, and her ampleness had increased with each one. She moved forward and unlatched the hatch door. Good mission, Teddy, but a bit of a fucking disappointment that we didn't get to shoot anything. Next time, ladies, next time, came the reply. Laughter came from around the vessel as the members jovially prepared to disembark, but the stowaway sat firmly in her seat. Not for the first time, Teddy was glad he had women in his unit, no matter what the old guard had said. Liza, Ray, could you two wait a moment? Teddy asked, as he looked at the young woman. Her pale face was inscrutable, but he imagined trepidation was mounting. Sure, Ted's, but for fuck's sake, what is Miriam going to say? Raina came over and looked at the girl, who looked back warily. Teddy shrugged. Now that's a real good question. She's a fucking saint, Raina posited. That she is, Teddy agreed, still looking at Kat. Teddy had made the two calms as they had discovered the thrall. What he was planning was not the typical protocol. The Bosch system had the immigrant center for all non-Bosch that arrived on the island. Usually, the immigrant would stay there for a few weeks until they were either approved for residency or arrangements were made to return them to their homeland. But once Teddy had seen this young woman's eyes, he knew that Miriam was going to be needed to midwife the pain from her and put her on the road to healing. And he also knew that, selfishly, he wanted to keep her close. There was just something about her that felt like family. So he made the calm to Miriam, who, while astonished, agreed to prepare their house for an extended guest. And the second was to Betsy, his executive secretary, who readily agreed to bring her large, comfortable vehicle around to pick them up. But you always walk home from base, MC, she had said. Usually, but today I picked up a package that needs some... Special handling he took a breath and approached the jump seat. We're here in Bosch, Teddy said gently to her. My secretary is outside with the vehicle. She'll take us to my house. Miriam is waiting for you there. Cat nodded and undid her seatbelt. She stood and walked toward the open hatch with Teddy staying a respectful distance from her, and Eliza and Reina standing reassuringly at either side of the hatch. Cat stopped at the edge of the opening, lowered her head and looked out onto the airfield where a large blue vehicle was just pulling up. She straightened, and looked back over her shoulder at Teddy. Their eyes met and held. You read the wind pretty well, I'd say, she said, and walked down the hatch. Teddy smiled. So bosh, he thought.